Welcome back to the Red Dice Diaries, I'm John, and finally we've managed to get our schedules to sync up, so I'm joined by my lovely wife, Hannah. Hi. Okay, so Hannah, what are we going to talk about today? You were talking to me a little while ago about something I think you'd seen on Twitter, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I don't, I don't remember, there's a lot of like, stuff I've seen on Twitter. had said, oh, if the GM rolls a crit... Oh yes, yeah, yeah. But they don't actually want to see the damage done by a crit done. Is it okay to fudge the dice? Is it okay to fudge it? And that's what we're going to be talking about, cue the music. So, as we said before the intro, we're going to be discussing a few situations where it may or may not be, depending on your opinion, be okay to fudge dice rolls in sort of D&D and other role-playing games. Myself and Hannah have very different opinions on this, to put it mildly, but that's part of the fun of this sort of discussion. So, Hannah's put together a few points where she thinks it may or may not be okay to fudge the dice rolls, and we're going to discuss them. So, just to be clear, we're discussing... A standard D&D game. Yeah. And we're assuming that the GM has a screen and is secretly rolling their dice. Not necessarily with a screen, but, you know, is secretly rolling their dice. So the players aren't going to know whether you've fudged it or not. Yeah, and just to point out, that's what we're assuming for these sort of like hypothetical scenarios. Mm -hmm. If you're like myself and you prefer to roll all your dice out in the open, obviously fudging is more obvious. But for the pur- that could be a whole different video yeah. or podcast. So for the purposes of this, we're working on the assumption that the players don't immediately know you're fudging the dice mm-hmm. rolls. So, first scenario. Yeah. Your players have done an amazing job in the dungeon. Okay. But there's like one room left with one trap or one goblin with one arrow. Mm-hmm. They're going on their way out of the dungeon, having defeated the big scary boss. Yeah. So presumably they're a bit beaten up and whatever. They're, they're a bit beaten up and potentially, even though they've just won that scenario, had a banging evening and you've got maybe 10 minutes of playtime left. Yeah, yeah. Because you'd already got that written on the thing... Oh, they they go and check that last room and there's the trap or whatever. Yeah, or the goblin sentry or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. I personally would fudge it and not roll that dice in the first place. Either the trap wasn't there to begin with, the players didn't know it was there to begin with, the sentry wasn't there to begin with. But a lot of people do feel like they've got to run a dungeon as written, especially if it's not one they've run themselves. Okay. So they roll the dice, and it's a crit. Yep. Oh, right, so in term, for, for me, personally, I would say that the, the issue here isn't really fudging the dice. Mm-hmm. The issue here is when to roll the dice in the first place. Because mm-hmm. uh, in, in my sort of point of view, you should only roll the dice when there's failure, there's a meaningful chance of failure, or there's a, there's a random element going on, effectively. So if you got to the point where they've beat the big bad guy in the dungeon, that they've pretty much made their way out to the entrance, you know, they're heading back into town, they've triumphed, I would probably just fade to black there, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, 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 you head back to town, we cut back in with you arriving in town. Unless there's maybe like a random encounter or something along the way. You know, that could happen, you know, if you're doing a hex crawl or something like that. But I wouldn't feel the need to sort of like role play out like, every last bit of them trying to like leave the dungeon unless there was some particular meaning behind it 
Now, if they'd somehow like bypassed a lot of the dungeon, got straight to the bad guy, beaten him, and then I'm like, oh yeah, but he's still got his orc army in the rest of the fortress or whatever, which makes up the dungeon, then I might say, oh yeah, you've got to fight your way out past all these orcs. But if it was just a case that there's a few little stragglers left and you're making your way out of the dungeon, I'd say you don't need to roll the dice for that in the first place. Mm-hmm. So removing that element, you wouldn't actually need to fudge the dice in the first place. If, if however, you hadn't done that and you wanted to roll the dice for whatever reason... I would say if you've made that decision that the dice have that level of sort of control in your game, then you should stick to your guns, roll mm-hmm. the dice, and if someone gets taken out by that goblin sentry as they flee in the dungeon, well, that's just unfortunate. That's fair enough. So, scenario number two. Mm-hmm. And this is the one I will fudge every single time. Oh, that sounds dangerous. Because I remember those games with a certain GM who I'm going to refer to as George that used to have combats that used to last hours and hours and hours and hours and then we'd stop for pizza and then we'd get back to the combat yeah and it'd go on for hours and hours yeah yeah i hate it when the entire game is nothing but waiting for other people to roll dice yeah yeah and I expect a lot of other people get frustrated with that as well. Maybe not quite as much as I do. As far as I'm concerned, if it's gone on more than three rounds, then it's time to start fudging things and just get on with it. But I'm just as likely to fudge it against the players to get them out of there and get them moving as I am to fudge it in their Mm favour. How about you? Well... I think, again, and sorry, you're going to hear a lot of these sort of wishy-washy like, answers during this uh, episode from me, like folks at home. Uh, but again, I don't think the problem really is fudging the dice here. I think the problem is, as you were saying, the problem is that a combat's gone on too long, it's boring, you sat around twiddling your thumbs waiting for something to happen, and I think that speaks to a larger problem than just fudging the dice. And while you can certainly sort of sorted out by fudging the dice to make things go a bit quickly i think that's really just like a stopgap measure that doesn't really address the actual problem and you're gonna have the same problem again the next time a combat comes up and you'll end up having to fudge it again whereas the actual problem is either the the combats are being paced wrong or they're not being kept exciting you know and now you can have a long combat that's that's perfectly fine as long as it's exciting it's interesting and there's things to do or there's a variety of different enemies maybe the scenery you can like you know you're swinging off chandeliers you're like kicking like barrels at people stuff like that you can keep it really exciting and keep the pace going but you have to sort of keep that in mind it can't just be a case of like oh orc 57 steps up to hit let me roll a dice right player number three roll a dice orc 58 steps up roll a dice that's that's quite boring but the problem isn't that you need to fudge the dice the problem there is that the gm isn't and well possibly the players as well because obviously it's a bit of give and take mm-hmm. is they're not putting in the work to make the combat interesting now that could just be a case of you're taking too long with your descriptions now if you've got five orcs fighting the players do you really need to like roll separately for every orc and describe every blow or can you roll all of their attacks at once as the gm and be like oh yeah one orc like gets a quick blow in on the barbarian another one shanks the thief in between his ribs with his dagger move on to the players happy days the, the problem could also be maybe you've got a player who like really like choose a scenery or like deliberates over all of their things and they're like 
oh yeah um, am i gonna I'm, I'm not sure if i'm gonna use my bow maybe i'm gonna use uh, my dagger or oh, i've got that scroll in my backpack and, and that that can take a lot of time if you're sort of almost like paralyzed by the amount of options you've got now again as the gm there's a number of ways you can resolve that without fudging after a while you can just say to the player like we're gonna need to move on uh, i don't know if you remember the game that uh great khan ran for us that his system was yes we will roll for initiative but when i say your name you best have an answer of what you're doing and the dice in your hand ready to yeah. roll otherwise i'm moving to the next player and you're just losing your turn this round yeah and i've heard of... that was i think a 12 player game so it was essential otherwise we couldn't it wouldn't have worked at all yeah and but, I've, yeah. I've heard of numerous gms who they give you like a few minutes and if you've not made your decision they move on and they say literally your character was stood around trying to decide what they wanted to do and you miss your action now that might seem a bit extreme and it's not the first solution i'd recommend off the bat but if you've constantly got a player who every time the action gets to their turn the game just grinds to a halt and to the point where it's annoying the other player characters, sorry, the players, and the GM, you're going to have to put some system in place to deal with it. Because it might be, if it just happens occasionally, maybe a bit of fudging just to like get you over that. Or if it's the first time, you might be like, oh, well, we haven't got time to address this now. I'm just going to like fudge it to speed it up on this occasion. We'll get to the end of the um, session, then we can have a talk about it and work out what we're going to do in future. That's fine. But at the end of the day, if you don't address the root problem... It's just going to keep recurring. And again, as I said, I don't think the problem is the sort of fudging of dice. I could see why you might do it there, but I personally would prefer other solutions to it. So, scenario number three. Mm -hmm. What about if your players are very young? Okay. Exact same setup. So you're rolling your secret dice, you whatever has happened and a player character is about to get killed yeah do you fudge the damage for, for me no I wouldn't to be perfectly honest <laughs> fair play now I know you haven't really run many games for kids I've only run a couple um, I do tend to be a lot more lenient with kid characters or kid players rather um, but I wouldn't be doing secret dice rolls in a game that kids are playing. I would have my dice out in the open, and I would insist on seeing their dice. Yeah. Um, now, not just because a certain kid I know is an appalling cheat if given half a chance, but also because a lot of the good parts of D&D for kids are learning maths spending time having fun just playing a game where you're just looking at numbers and adding them up i i wouldn't be able to do half the maths i can do if i'd not done D D when i was a teenager see now this might just be me but like i don't remember ever playing in like a first a sort of like older version of D because obviously it's like because I'm an old geezer, so like mm -hmm. it would have been an older version that i start playing i don't ever remember playing in an older version of D D where like characters couldn't die or where it was difficult for like characters to die to be honest that that was just sort of how yeah. the game was played now see the thing is i was 13 14 when i got into playing dnd &D, but i have run games for kids as young as three and four okay and yeah and the four-year-old 
understood the D&D system completely. The three-year-old was quite happy to roll a D20 and cheer if it was a big number. Yeah. The four-year-old had it down. He, he was min-maxing his character and everything. It was brilliant. But I still wouldn't have felt comfortable killing off either of their characters. The nine and ten-year-old... I would have given them a couple of warnings that what they were doing was about to get their character killed and then I would have made sure they saw every dice that got them there. But, yeah, depending on the age of the players, I'd fudge it more. See, see again, I, I would ask that. I'm not, obviously, I'm not trying to be mean here. I would ask, uh, was that a problem that the kids were actually having, though, or was it was just that you didn't feel comfortable <sighs> with that issue? Uh, I think it was more I didn't want to be uh, taking sides in the inevitable argument of whose fault something was or any of that because, the, you know, there's only so much kids arguing that I can diplome between in an evening of babysitting. See, that, that's where potentially, <laughs> as you were saying earlier, the idea of like rolling the dice out in the open is quite a good thing because... If, yeah. if like, oh, they get attacked by an orc and you roll the dice out in the open and they can see that they've been hit, it's not you just making that up. It's like, it's a mm-hmm. dice, I rolled it. It's the dice rather than yourself taking and sides. Again, the way I dealt with it in the game with the very young children was by not putting in an enemy that they couldn't easily defeat as far as I could see it. And a couple of them did take them a while. They really struggled. Yeah. But, yeah... That's how D&D goes when you have bad luck with your dice. See, now, I, I would say, and I'm just talking about my experience when I first started playing, which is like a bit younger than you, is that you just sort of like got into like that was how the game was played, mm-hmm. and that's just how it went, because there weren't a, lot, a massive load of role-playing games when I was younger that I had access to. It was like two or three different role-playing games, and they were all sort of a D&D mould. Now, I think current times... There's a lot more role-playing games, board games, or all types of games that are aimed specifically at a younger market that perhaps would be a better, suitable, mm-hmm. more suitable sort of entry ramp to the hobby than D&D would be. And that's not to say there's not kids out there who wouldn't just jump on the D&D bandwagon and be straightforward, mm-hmm. particularly if you're playing like a more recent edition where like it's more heroic, you know, it's more difficult to die, stuff like that. So I can see why younger people do enjoy the more recent editions but i would possibly suggest maybe look at a slightly less lethal or a slightly more kid-friendly sort of role-playing game to sort of like serve as the on-ramp and then if they show interest they might try it a couple of times but no it's not for me it's not for everybody as a hobby nothing lost you you're not sat there looking forlornly at a a load of like abandoned D&D books while like the lonely man music from the incredible Mm -hmm. hulk plays but if they do love it you can then maybe later on say when they're sort of like a bit more older they've got a bit of a grasp of it you can then maybe say to them oh look do you fancy playing some dungeons and dragons now this is this tends to be a bit more dangerous for characters than the one we've just played and as long as you tell i think it's the sort of the unexpectedness of it that can Mm -hmm. be a problem whereas if you sort of make that clear from the start like oh we've played this like younger person's rpg now we're going to play this rpg and it's a bit more dangerous but we can give it a go if you want and as long as they know that i think most kids would probably be all right with it because they'd be expecting it and again no fudging required (laughs) oh i should have a bumper sticker with that on it 
So I've got three more scenarios, but we've already been chopped in 15 minutes. Yeah, I think what we should do here is we'll wrap up for this episode, then we'll do a part two where we'll cover the the last of the points. So hopefully you guys out there listening have enjoyed this episode. Obviously, please like, share, subscribe, review, all of that good stuff that YouTube has asked you to do. And do feel free to send in your scenarios where it might be okay to fudge the dice. Indeed, and there's a few ways you can do that. You can either drop us an email to rddrpgpodcast at gmail.com or you could leave us a voicemail message using either Anchor or SpeakPipe. There'll be links to all of that in the description of this episode. And as Hannah said, we might feature your call-ins or your email in a future episode if this discussion goes on further. So we hope you've enjoyed the episode. So from me and Hannah, it's goodbye. Whatever you're playing out there, take care and have fun. Bye.